Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast. Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm good. I'm excited that we're down to two. And, um, you know, it's it's also that boring week where, you know, that the Sunday before the Super Bowl where, you know, you're just in limbo waiting. That is but, true. Uh, <laughs> although, I'm glad that they did put the Pro Bowl there now as like kind of the bridge game between the AFC championship and the Super Bowl, right? They still do the, the Pro Bowl next week, right? Yes. So, yeah. It used to be after, after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. No, it seemed like when it was after, though, people seemed to watch it more. Nowadays, Pro Bowl is just a joke. Oh, yeah, but I think that's how every All-Star game is. Like, the NHL one's kind of a joke. I think they all kind of are. Uh, and, like, nobody plays defense. The NFL one might be the worst, though. Uh, NFL one's definitely the worst, in my opinion. Yeah. Even, like, the skills competitions, like, ahead of time. Like, I think, like, uh, MLB does, this is the only thing they do, right, is, you know, the home run derbies and their all-star game. Yeah. All-star game has implications in that game, too, for home field advantage. I don't um, I don't know about that. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like that bad. that game matters that much. I, I agree. I, I think that's uh, um, unfair, but it makes for a more entertaining game. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, you know, NBA does three-point and dunk contest. Hockey has some, you know, cool stuff. Um, I think that the NBA might have the best all-star weekend. Yeah, I think every sport but the NFL does it well. Yeah. I think that the NHL kind of does it at the best that they can. You're right. I, I always like the skills competitions more than the actual all-star game. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And because, like, no one even plays. Like, I, I saw that, like, that the NFC – literally no offensive linemen or even like going it's all reserves and alternatives oh wow pretty yeah. much yeah i saw mac jones is going as an alternative i saw that he made it that's how it is it's like if you start like you're there's a chance you're gonna go to the pro bowl just because the top i mean out of the 16 quarterbacks six of them might turn it down so if you're a top 10 quarterback in your conference there's a chance you make the all-star game like, I'm assuming Mac Jones wasn't the first alternative. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's in the Super Bowl. He didn't make it initially. Um, That's insane to me. It's insane now looking at it and mm-hmm. him getting snubbed on it. He's been the best quarterback since the snub. And it's funny to think in the MVP voting, you know, I know you can only give to regular season. And in that case, it should be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. But if you consider everything and where we are today, Joe Burrow is my MVP at this point, and you could give to maybe Cooper Cup, but that's if you include postseason, which, you know, is not allowed. But when you think of value and who is the most valuable player to their team, I I think it's impossible to go against Joe Burrow. This Bengals team is going to be pretty good for for some years to come, I think. I mean, that's what we were saying going into – we were talking about uh, from the beginning of the year. I was saying uh, when on the regular Poor Man's podcast how I thought the Bengals were going to make a big jump this year. I didn't think they were going to, you know, win the division and then be a Super Bowl team. But I did think that they were going to be good and they had some pieces. And then Jamar Chase ended up having a breakout year, being an incredible rookie, possibly the offensive rookie of the year. It's weird just to hear the words, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Even this, this, when it was like Joe Montana versus the Bengals, like <laughs> that didn't sound right. This this Bengals team is very different than the traditional Bengals vibe, too. Yeah, it's like they finally have a quarterback playing with confidence, and he has pieces around him to support that. Um, I, I think the offensive line is going to be make or break when it comes to the Super Bowl, but at least they know what unit they need to address in the draft. Um, going to the Super Bowl and playing for guys like you know Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow will be a free agent you know landing spot for a guy or two, but uh, it's good to know that, you know, where we need to improve is protecting Joe Burrow in the future, especially coming off, you know, the knee injury that he had. Yeah, you definitely want to 
protect your investment, and he might be one of the top investments in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. I initially would have said take uh, Soul, the tackle out of Oregon, is who I would have picked over Jamar Chase at the time. Looking back, I mean, Jamar Chase has panned out, but I think in the NFL, like you need to protect that quarterback. Yeah, I I, I like that. You know that old LSU combo. You saw that. I don't know if you saw Tyler Shelvin carrying uh, Burrow off the field like he did at the LSU uh, national championship game. He was doing it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. It was a great moment, and it, it's great to see. Um, you know, even Chase is his teammate. I know. Um, it, it's like funny. It seems like those guys seem to have a lot of support for one another. The uh, LSU guys. I saw that. Um, uh, even uh, Justin Jefferson uh, tweeted out about how um, you know, he was excited for those guys to be in the Super Bowl against some um, OBJ. Yeah, I mean, they. Sh- you saw uh, Edward Zolaire after the game talking with Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, that team in particularly was, pro- I mean, it could have been the best college team in recent memory, yeah. not in terms of the amount of players on the team, but in terms of their record and what they did on the field. I mean, Joe Burrow's got to be the best college single season quarterback of all time. Yeah, he wasn't even on the Heisman radar and then ended up winning it. Yeah, he had like over 60 touchdowns or whatever it was. And these LSU guys are just all panning out, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, from from that team specifically, offensively, them, um, Pat, Patrick Queen in Baltimore. Yeah, it seems like, um, I don't know, there's was, was just something about that team in particular. They've had a lot of guys that are NFL ready, and they've been, you know, great since. I mean, you see that, I guess, with some of these Alabama guys, too, and, like, the, the colleges that just breed winning, that have that winning tradition uh, panning out in the, in, in the NFL. Especially yeah, those two teams. Ohio State, Georgia. Right. These guys are always finding peace. Uh, OSU has been that in the past, but they've fallen off in recent memory. Um, but, I mean, no one's been playing better ball um, at the quarterback receiver position than those guys. All right, JP, let's get into the game then. Uh, most people weren't expecting uh, Cincinnati to pull out a win in Kansas City. I, I did uh, put money on Cincinnati winning that game, money line. Uh, I also took some other prop bets that hurt me. Tyler Boyd didn't have en- enough yards, but um, I, I was saying it for for a couple weeks. We've been talking about it. That's what I started to talk about earlier is that this Bengals team is different, and I, I really like them. Yeah, and I think what it comes down to is the confidence level Joe Burrow is playing with. You know, he has like a swagger and a chip on his shoulder. Um that's what a lot of guys have when they're transfers in college. Um, you know, they just come in with this different mindset. And I think that's what it comes down to is the way he has led this team from bottom of the division basement in the league. He was the number one pick. Chase was the fifth overall pick the following year. And now they're competing in the Super Bowl already. You know, he he does everything right. Like when he does have that Joe Cole vibe that, you know, Montana had. You know, he doesn't put up the biggest numbers consistently, but he comes through in the key moments. Like, for example, I saw him scramble for 10 yards, like, multiple times when it looked like he should have been sacked. And that play he's not where... known for his mobility, but he's ex- expanding plays and making, you know, converting the third downs and moving the ball and putting points on the board. That play where he escaped Chris Jones, like, twice was incredible, and then I think he got the first down or at least came pretty close to it. But I thought Chris Jones was going to get him, and he's no slouch. Chris Jones is a pretty pretty good football player. And he's running around back there, and he breaks out, and then uh, he dives for him, and he, like, hurdles out of the grasp and then gets the first down in a key position. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Jones um, is a pro bowl defensive lineman, and Joe Burrow was able to make the plays necessary to keep his team alive. I mean... They overcame an 18-point deficit in order to beat Kansas City in an arrowhead. Not many quarterbacks, you know, get to say that. Yeah, and that's not an easy place to play with a team who's been there, you know, perennially. Mm-hmm. But uh, in um, on the other end of the ball, um, Kansas City had a meltdown in the second half. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it, it looked like Kansas City was going to score every time they touched the ball when they went up. Um, twenty-one to three, and um, I, I think that the turning point in the game would have to have been the Tyreek Hill catch right before halftime, where the Bengals kept him out of the end zone and kept points off the board. They went into halftime what twenty-one to ten. 
21-3, I thought. Was it at halftime? I, I didn't know if that was the <laughs> halftime score, if they scored a touchdown going into halftime. Um, from what I remember, I, I remember 21-3. Okay. I could be wrong. You might be right. I mean, that that's a, a huge deficit to overcome. Yeah, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. You are right. 21-10. Okay, yeah. Know. I thought at halftime they did that, and I thought that was huge. Like, mentally going in, being down 11 versus versus being down, you know, jeez, uh, 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, they did convert ahead of time. I did forget about that. And, um, yeah, it was actually the worst second half ever by the Chiefs under Andy Reid in his time there. Um, they totaled only 83 yards and converted three points in seven drives. Yeah. Do you, I mean, let's go, wait, before we get too far ahead, let's go back to that before the halftime because Cincinnati did score to go to 10, but I think Kansas City got another chance, and then the, the time ran, ran out. He threw the ball to Tyreek Hill and he didn't get out of bounds. Do you think that the that Kansas City was a little bit arrogant there, thinking, like, we're Kansas City, like, we can do what we want. We'll get some extra yards. I'm Tyreek Hill. I'll get out of bounds and stuff, and they didn't, and those three points ended up costing them. Yeah, well, th- that's really what it is. If they convert, they're genius. If they miss, then they're arrogant or it was a stupid call. That's just the reality of the game. Um, when I look at the roster and what and who the Chiefs have, I don't hate, you know, attempting to convert that touchdown when it's only two yards out. I don't um, hate it either, but I feel like if you're going to do that, the play you do has to be in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree there. I, they were trying to get the ball to Tyreek Hill in space, but that is a ball due to what we saw. You yeah. have to get that ball in the end zone. Um, Cincinnati was missing tackles early in the first half, though, especially in the secondary when guys were getting the ball on the perimeter like Hill did there. Um, D-back just made a better play on it, and that, that's what happens. Um, it was an 11-point game. Field goal would put you up 14, so it was a two-possession game, which would have made it just – another two possession game. So I, I get the analytics and going for it to make it a three possession game. Yeah. It's just, unfortunately for Kansas city's sake, I think that was actually the turning point in the game and Cincinnati was able to capitalize. Well, that's what I'm saying because at the beginning of that game, Kansas city seemed like they weren't going to be stopped. And mm-hmm. then Cincinnati getting that touchdown before halftime and then making that stop, keeping them off the board. I mean, not just not giving up a touchdown, not giving up a field goal. They, uh, they held them out. I think that was huge morale-wise. Yeah, especially with Kansas City getting the ball at halftime. I thought as soon as they were receiving the kickoff, it, you know, it was going to be a drive where they were going to put the ball, ball game away. I mean, they didn't score in the previous drive before halftime, but they moved the ball effectively downfield like it was nothing. It seemed like they were going to you know, just, just continue their dominance. And quite frankly, it was a meltdown in the second half. And, uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has struggled at – key points this season for as phenomenal as he is on a consistent basis he has had his moments where some of those deep balls the no look passes just aren't converting at the level that they were it it was almost like it was out of necessity before and now he's trying to make it work and like it works when you have to and it's unscripted but i think once you like kind of have it you're like oh i'm patrick mahomes this works before like that is the outlier. That's why it was crazy when it worked before because it doesn't happen normally. Yeah, it's you know it's getting a little bit too comfortable with your ability to, you know, make something out of nothing. Like what yeah. his uh, off script stuff is what makes him great. It is what makes him the best young quarterback in today's game. But it also backfired a little bit this year in s- some key situations. He just simply didn't play as well as he did. And like last year in the Super Bowl, you could blame the offensive line struggles that he had. But this year, he had he was well protected. Um, heading into this game, definitely the better of the two offensive lines among the teams in the game. It's just t- teams have adapted better. I'm not saying that they can, you know, beat the Chiefs regularly, right. but you know, teams are finding ways to slow them down if they drop the, the safeties deep, and make them play underneath. Um, as a matter of fact. Uh, the Bengals dropped eight plus defenders in coverage on thirty five percent of the passing plays against Kansas City, wow. and um, in doing so, Mahomes completed just seven of thirteen passes for 50, 59 yards, and interception, and was sacked twice. Wow! 
So, I mean, obviously just getting the rush with three guys and dropping everybody else back. I mean, if, if it'll work for you, that's a good good way to stop them. Yeah, and Mahomes thrives against the Blitz, too, better than any quarterback in the league. So, I, a lot of it is he struggles to find the holes when they drop so many bodies back in coverage, especially when those bodies know, hey, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are the guys we have to keep our eyes on. Yeah, and I think it is kind of like, I don't know if he got too, not that it's like too big, but like, I think maybe because he knows what he's capable of, he relies on it too much and need to be back to basic kind of like step back, drop. If it's not there, throw it away kind of thing versus run around in the backfield. I mean, I know that that's how you, you know, make some of these great plays, but the one play he did it and he fumbled it and, you know, I think Hubbard got to him. Or it might have oh, been yeah, uh, yeah. at the uh, end of the game when he got yeah. sacked and fumbled. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, or Hendricks I mean, or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah. Hendrickson and Hubbard yeah. are, are definitely good pass rushers, and that, that's what it's going to take to be a team like Kansas City is getting pressure with minimum guys. Right, dropping that's what I'm back. saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that's what it is. And, um, I mean, that's the teams that have the most success. Even Buffalo was able to get after Mahomes. They just weren't able to get him on the ground. Mahomes was you know, improvising. Right. And escaping. But yeah, it's the teams that are able to put that pressure on him and make him uncomfortable. Do we think the narrative is going to go back towards, I mean, because for years and years for Andy Reid, it was he would make it to the NFC Championship game with a good team. Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook and uh, Brian Dawkins and, you know, that whole team. And uh, they would come up short every year. And now it's kind of looking like that. I mean, they do have the one Super Bowl. That, that keeps him out, but it's almost like the same Aaron Rodgers narrative. You get to the championship game, but you don't have anything to show for it. Yeah, it seems like the media and just everyone alone has so much more confidence in this team than they do in the other guys. Like, people are pushing for this team to be a dynasty, yet alone they've won one Super Bowl under Reed and the homes in the past five years. Um, you know, Sean McVay and the Rams in the past five years have been to a Super Bowl, and they're playing in a second one where they may win. You know, but we never even consider them as a dynasty. Yeah. It's just, I, mean, I don't know if it's like a, uh, you, you know, maybe we're rooting for Kansas City because it's not the typical dynasty. Like, you know, the Steelers in the 70s where a lot of people look at them as like cheaters or New England who were also Well, cheaters. yeah, I, th- I think at the time when Kansas City started getting good, it was because everybody was done with the Patriots' evil dynasty. Uh, yeah, they're kind of like 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 the good guy dynasty in a way. So I think that people are you know trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But you always hear the Patriots getting compared to like the Empire. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean when you blow an eighteen point lead the way the Chiefs do, you have to take criticism. Like you're open to it. You're not just because you're you know Patrick Mahomes and you're capable of doing great things. But when things don't go your way, you have to be criticized. Like could you imagine what we would have been saying if? If, if it were a different, like Aaron Rodgers, even if he would have had an 18 point uh, comeback defeat. Yeah. I mean, but that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And like I said, because they have the one, they're not going to be called joking. But if you look at their, you know, what they're projected at the beginning of each year, it is. It's a disappointment. And it's a, the same way. Like, and it's even worse in Green Bay because Green Bay won their Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers won his Super Bowl in 2010, right? Or 2012, Steelers won in 2010. They lost in 2012, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what, one thing too I wanted to touch on was like I gotta give Cincinnati credit that they they came back. They were the better team's second half, played phenomenal. But uh, did did you hear the Eli Apple comments where he's calling like? Tyreek Hill, a baby, and all this running his mouth. No, no, and it's Eli Apple needs to shut his mouth. This guy's a guy who was a first round pick who's been cut by multiple teams. He was, he got drafted by the Giants, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure it was the same one because he was. I remember coming into the draft, he was one of the top cornerbacks. One of the he might have been one, two, three, one of the top three cornerbacks going mm-hmm. into the draft, and I, you know, you haven't heard about him since. Yeah, yeah, and he, you don't make comments like that if if you're him. Like he, what comment did he have? He just said he was a baby. Yeah, and the he, yeah, it was like on Twitter. He was, um, like I think, yeah, calling him out on that play where he came up short, and um, 
yeah, yeah. He's just, I, I don't understand a, a guy with that much. Well, not that much. Guy with no credibility should not be running his mouth on a guy. Like, all you're going to, you're setting yourself up for failure. Like, guys like Cooper Cuff and Odell Beckham are going to know you're making these comments. Tyreek Hill is going to know it. He's going to blow you away next time. You're not helping your team by any means. Also, keep in mind, like, the AFC Championship game is nice. I won't dispute that. But it's not a Super Bowl. You haven't won one yet. So maybe, like, keep in mind. This could be your one year. I mean, we could see a regression. You see it with teams. Teams get figured out, and, you know, you think you're going to see this run, and you don't see them. So, look. If you're a top 10 draft choice in 2016, and now the Bengals are your fourth team in that span, do you think you've earned anything? Yeah. He's a journeyman kind of just, you know, playing. You, you just said it, four teams. And in, in, what, seven years? And the, his his rookie contract was probably three or four years, so it's probably played for the Giants and then switched up every year or two. Yeah, he's an idiot. He just he needs to watch his mouth and stop making dumb. Con- you, you, you would expect him to be, you know, uh, playing wide receiver in Pittsburgh or something like that. <laughs> well, he's gonna get clapped next week. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you said that about him last week, though. Yeah, the um, Bengals were supposed to get clapped last week. <laughs> I like the Bengals. <laughs> But I like the Rams going into the in, in the beginning of the year. I th- I think they were my Super Bowl pick going into the beginning of the year. I should have looked at that before this. I definitely did not have them playing Cincinnati. No, no, not by any means. I think I, I had Cincinnati an all LA before. Super Bowl. I think I said Chargers Rams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been exciting too. It's just I, I I can't wait to see this uh the home field advantage in the Super Bowl the Bengals are going to have over the Rams in their stadium. <laughs> Well, this is what we were talking. It was years and years that we were saying how uh, uh, there was never a Super Bowl playing on a home field, and now it's two years in a row. Yeah, two years in a row. It's nuts. Um, R- Where's Rain- the Super Bowl next year? Like What's that? Where's the Super Bowl next year? Do you know? Uh, I-, I don't know yet. We'll have to see. That's their ticket punch to the Super Bowl apparently anymore. Hopefully, it's in like Jacksonville or something. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, um, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, Rams, it looked like there were more 49er fans at that game than Ram fans. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that is, I mean, they're both California. So at least the travel there isn't what Cincinnati would be. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But, like, you, you could hear, like, 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 the crowd going silent when, like, the 49ers would turn the ball over. <laughs> well, the thing is with Los Angeles that not a lot of people think about is, like, a lot of people that live in Los Angeles aren't really from Los Angeles. They, they go there. So, they're, you know, you get big in your hometown, and you, if you want to go do business, fashion, movies, whatever, you kind of move out that way. So there's a bunch of guys out there that aren't really homegrown L.A., and they don't have any ties there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of, you know, more showbiz than athletics as well, where I don't think, like, a lot of people are going to be looking, you know, for their football team, which is brand new. But, I mean, a Super Bowl victory could definitely change. Well, yeah, and some of the people that are there for the Rams is probably people, you know, movies and shit like we were talking about, um, that it's like I want to be seen here more than I want to see the game. Right, yeah, maybe Kevin James is there to play Sean McVay, too, and, you know, another movie. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> Have you seen talk about that movie? What What is it? He's playing Sean Payton. Sean Payton or something. I, I, I yeah. watched it, nor will I. <laughs> Did you ever I watch mean, Sean that? Payton probably saw it and ran out of the NFL. Yeah. What? What's your... Yeah, yeah that's why. He no, he no longer <laughs> wanted to be compared to Kevin James. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. That, that, that division, for the record, of Tom Brady leaving, too, and finally <laughs> officially retiring, that's going to be the worst division in the NFL next year. <laughs> <laughs> who's Who's the backup quarterback there? They have uh, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert seems to find himself in the right spot a lot of times. Yeah, he was picked before J.J. Watt for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's obscene. Hey, hey, he got more. He got the hardware. J.J. doesn't. Speaking of Blaine Gabbert, well, I remember having a an ESPN the magazine with Blaine Gabbert on the cover, standing next to Chase Daniel, and it was like one could be the next Heisman. Talking about Chase Daniel, and one could be the next Super Bowl winner. Talking about Blaine Gabbert. 
Hey, one of those was true, and Chase Daniel did not win a Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Chase Daniel was one of the – I think Chase Daniel might be one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Like, if you had him as your backup, I think you'd feel pretty good. Yeah, that's only because I'd consider Case Keenum a starter. Yeah. Well, Case yeah. Keenum's obviously <laughs> number one. I was I didn't say he was the best. I said he was one of the mm-hmm. best. Yeah, he's a journeyman that would just bounce, bounce around everywhere, it seems like. Chase Daniels with uh, the Chargers now. All right, let's get into the uh, NFC Championship game. 49ers and Rams. What, what what are your takeaways from there? Rams finally broke the streak. 49ers, what, had six straight against them? Yeah, um, yeah. McVay lost his last six to Kyle Shanahan. And, um, you know, I took the Niners and upset this week. And, I mean, I, I was wrong. Um 49ers seem to have controlled everything. Everything was falling into place when they were up heading into the fourth. They led 17-7. And the Rams just found a way to come back late in the game and, you know, score 13 on answer and, you know, win the NFC title game. That's crazy with both these games with comebacks. Like, these whole playoffs have been pretty good. Yeah, this entire, outside of the New England-Buffalo game, every game has been really tight. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely good for for a fan. Um, I I thought the Rams were gonna gonna win. I thought I, I just feel like the Forty ers are are a good team, but like I don't feel like they have that like over the top star power. Like Debo Samuel's a beast, George Kittle's a beast, but the, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not sold on. And that's why they got Trey Lance. I mean, that's everything we saw last night is why they got Trey Lance. I saw. Um, Late in the fourth quarter, Jimmy Garoppolo had multiple drives to put the game away and couldn't do it. Simply not. And it's exactly what you said. They just don't have that superstar power. Like They're the team that will, you know, out-physical you. That's the type of team they're built to be. Trey Lance next year is going to give them that next level of progression in their offense where you'll see more of the bootlegs and looking for him to get more uh, shots downfield using his legs to escape, you know, and I mean, Garoppolo has injury history. He's, he's inconsistent. He has a, he has a good win loss record of Kyle Shanahan, but more often than not, it seems like they're winning in spite of their quarterback rather than because of their quarterback. He, he kind of reminds me of another 49ers quarterback of uh, Alex Smith when he went to Kansas city and like they were a good team. And they were competitors, but they never they needed Patrick Mahomes to get them over the top. Yes, and that's an exact um, exact point. Like that's why you go out and get Trey Lance because you have a good team that could be a great team. That's why you trade your quarterback in multiple draft picks to get Matt Stafford. It's simple as that. You can find a you can have a good quarterback, but when you have a better guy like that expands your offense. I would say you know Stafford to Goff. That's probably consistently ten to fifteen more yards of offense you can operate with when you're calling your plays, yeah. Because of the you know the range that Stafford has when he throws the ball. Same thing with Mahomes and Smith, and I think we're going to see the same thing with uh, Trey Lance and Garoppolo. Um, uh, Garoppolo not mobile, injury history, and doesn't have an arm that's going to wow you. And he, uh, yeah, his injuries, like you just said, they they're piling up, and he's not getting younger, and it's not like he was, you know wowing people with his numbers before he's also a 27 million dollar cap it next year i'm yeah. <laughs> i'm definitely rolling with the young kid trey lance and see what he can do at that point find him someone else too with that money if you can so what's going on with his contract is he a free agent or is what what is that um i think that he is technically under contract and there or is it they have like an option on him or something or how is this because everybody's no, he's under contract they're gonna look to trade him okay seems to be um, the consensus. I, I mean, you like, saw John Lynch pretty much say goodbye to him after the game. It seemed like. Uh-huh. Yeah, and people are saying, like, um, uh, people are saying that, like, um, when it comes to him, like, you might be able to get a second-round pick for him. I mean, that's what they trade initially. If he's going to cost $27 million, like, I, I wouldn't want Pittsburgh to take a shot on that, and I know they need a quarterback. That's a huge uh, cap hit. That's huge. That's for huge for What? And people are saying, I well, take what Mason Rudolph. He can win there. I'm like, well, he has a better team in San Fran that he hasn't elevated yet. I mean, he's yeah. gone to a Super Bowl. And 
that they lost because he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. And I think Jimmy G, honestly, is just lo- looking as good as he's going to in this offense where he doesn't throw very much. Yeah, like, they have to develop an offense that fits him. It's Except, like, that's what teams do now, and it benefits, like, Baltimore can develop an offense around Lamar, but then they move the ball. Developing an offense around Jimmy Grappler is just going to hold your team back. Yeah, and if they keep him, it's solely because they're paying what they're paying. Like, yeah, they have to justify that investment. You can't have that guy. You, I wouldn't want that as him as my quarterback, but I definitely wouldn't want that cap hit as him as my backup quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you see, like, one of his two touchdown passes, it was a, a, a hook. It was like a slant hook that he threw to Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel ran through four guys and took to the end zone. Well, that like, seems to be their whole thing is, like, is the yak. Just get it to somebody in space and let them do something. And Debo Samuel and George Kittle, those guys are good at that. Uh, and But but what I'm saying is like that's the restriction on Grappolo. Yeah, that's a great play. He gets yards and touchdowns because of it, but it's because he threw the ball four yards. Yeah. And these playmakers are just doing what they can with it. Who has an a-, a longer average per completion, do you think, Jimmy G or Ben Roethlisberger? Like yards per attempt? Yeah. Uh, Probably, last season, probably Roethlisberger would be my guess. Yeah, that's actually what I'm thinking, too. And people are talking about, oh, what if the Steelers want to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo? I say no to that. And I, I, Roethlisberger could, like, man, he, there's a part of him that knew everything there is to know about the Pittsburgh offense and Mike Tomlin. And we have an opportunity to start fresh and find a playmaker. I'd rather do that than like sit in this limbo with a quarterback who's yeah. average. You're going to bring him in just to kind of probably do worse than what Ben did last Actually, year. Actually, you know what? He is the perfect quarterback for the Steelers because he just won't have a losing season. Yeah. Yeah. Eight and eight. I hope. I hope so, Ben. I'd, I'd rather take my take my shots and, and, and suffer in – if you don't have a good enough team, maybe you should get an earlier draft pick and then build on that. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i never in for, like, tank. Yeah, I'm not like, saying tank, but maybe see what, uh, you know, have Mason Rudolph and uh, Dwayne Haskins and maybe bring in another vet, but I, I, don't, I don't know about this. I'm not sold on any of the, the quarterbacks in the draft. I don't know that Pickett who is probably one of the top quarterbacks, is he going to be a franchise guy? Like, is there a quarterback in this draft that wows you that you think can be the face of a franchise for a decade? Not off the top of my head. I think Pickett may be graded the highest, but he'll probably be off the board before 20. He did say today that it would be unbelievable to get drafted by the Steelers. He would like to play here. Um, I like watching Pickett play for Pitt, and I think I might just – that was a tongue twister. I think that uh, might just be because I'm used to seeing, you know, I heard he was doing like uh, hand exercises to improve the length. His hands are small. Yeah, he needs to talk to <laughs> Trump about that. I bet the <laughs> small hand, the, the, the hand uh, fascination. But uh, I, I, I like watching him play. But like I said, I don't know if it's because I'm used to seeing, you know, other guys. The Tom Savage. I mean, th- there are some NFL guys that come out of pit, but they're not, you know, franchise quarterback Nate Peterman. You know, Steelers like tend to lean away from guys from Pitt, too, it seems like, when you look at the drafts. Um, if they're picking a quarterback, I, I'm not sold on Sam Howell out of uh, North Carolina, nor am I on Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. I don't like guys out like of North Carolina. I think that's who Pittsburgh likes better, though, than Pickett. Oh, really? Who, the North Carolina guy? Yeah, uh, yeah, or uh, Corral from Ole Miss. They seem to be... You know, on their radar. I don't. I don't like North Carolina guys. They seem to not really pan out. I mean, other than maybe Julius Peppers. And I, I've seen. Uh, I mean, just from what I've observed, Corral to me just seems like a good college quarterback. Like, but not like he doesn't transition well. It's, he's like an, like an Aaron Murray. You know, one of those guys who's like a decent pocket quarterback in college, who's like somewhat athletic. And there's a ceiling. Yeah, there's a ceiling. Whereas with Corral, I feel like he's a, a little bit more athletic. I'd prefer him over Howe, but honestly, I, I would prefer best available O-line or D-lineman. Stick with Rudolph and just see what happens. That's what I'm saying. Build that O-line up. I don't think 
I'm not as down on Rudolph as everybody else is around here. Do I think he's good? No. But I do think maybe, you know, he knows the offense a little bit. I think there's something to be said for continuity and knowing some of the guys. And I don't know, unless you're bringing Aaron Rodgers in or uh, Deshaun Watson, if that gets figured out, somebody like that, then I say go with uh, go with Kyle Rudolph. Or Kyle Rudolph, jeez, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but none of those guys are coming. Cousins isn't coming. Carr's not coming. Wilson. I, I, I don't right, see it. Right, those guys. Yeah, it's, it's just not going to happen. Uh, they'd have to trade picks, which will set back their line. They they have offensive playmakers. Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris actually got into the Pro Bowl as alternatives this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is talent there. Um, it's just they need they need to upgrade these lines. Offensive lines a mess. Defensive lines about to be a mess. I I, I think to it's going to be done with football, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, they they need to address both of those and then find a quarterback elsewhere. Yeah. I, I agree. If you're not going to have a franchise guy, don't waste it. Re, rebuild that and uh, go from there. Although I believe we were talking about the NFC Championship game, and now we're talking about Mason Rudolph. So let's get back to the NFC Championship game. Uh, yeah, so I was just saying, yeah, the Rams came back and took it. They um, were definitely more explosive in the second half, and that's why you go out and get a Matt Stafford, like I was saying. Um I don't think Jared Goff makes that comeback, and I uh, I, I yeah. know I know that he, if he would, and the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm so happy to see that from Matt Stafford. I wanted the Rams to win. I um, other than like I'm not a giant Odell Beckham Jr. fan. I think he's kind of a diva, and kind of. A, although he's he's playing well in L.A., I'll, I, I'll, I I'll give him that. Say, one thing uh, Odell was a guy on my radar that I criticize. Frequently, but he's played incredibly well in L.A. He seems like he's there to work, which is different than what I've seen with other parts of him. He seems like he really wants to win one. I have to give him credit because he seemed like a a diva with the Giants. Then he was traded to the Browns, which uh, and like when the the Browns are playing better without him, like obviously you're going to assume he's the issue. But when they traded or cut him this year. Browns continued to be a dumpster fire, and I mean, I was wrong. He isn't as explosive as he was with the Giants, but yeah. he was also the guy absorbing double coverages when he was younger, and I think just with more maturity. Well, that could be huge Cooper there, Cup, too. Cooper Cup. Yeah, better quarterback. It's. I think he should resign here, and I think it's a great fit for him. Um, yeah, he I, th- I think that would... I think that makes sense with him, too. He seems like he would be an L.A. guy. Obviously, who the fuck would want to live in Cleveland? Yeah, I think plus he's friends with like LeBron. It's they're all out there. This it's this culture that fits Odell, and yeah. he's played well. Like he scored touchdowns, and um, he played what it was like six touchdowns in ten games at one point. Now he just had his first hundred yard game with them. I I think that him and Cup are the best one two combination in football right now. You could argue the receiver position. Yeah, and I'm I am happy to like I was just saying I'm happy to see Stafford win because I. It's all the stories from him coming from Detroit and not winning there. Just Detroit. Detroit really might be, like, the worst franchise since I've been watching football since, like, 2000, you know, the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I, and you could argue things about, like, you know, the Bucks back in the day or the Browns a few years ago. But the thing with the Lions, the other teams don't have, like, these guys sent Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders into retirement mm-hmm. when they were, like, 30. Yeah. Like, there's a reason for that. And then Stafford gets dealt, and he plays at this level. Like, it, it's a horribly rain organization. Yeah. Like, every part. Like, and, and Cleveland had a rebuilding and, and and had some, you know, some success. Even when they weren't good and they had, you know, Peyton Hillis and Derek, uh, and, or no, what's his name? Is it Derek Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. When they oh, had, boy. yeah, and Josh Cribbs, those guys. <laughs> for like a year, they were kind of okay. Like the Lions haven't even really had that. Uh, they 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 had like one or two years where they were like almost like hover. They were like hovering five hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've snuck in a couple times and have gotten blown out. But the thing is, it's Staff- Stafford is the most fourth quarter comeback victory since he's been in the league, and it's like a lot of people thought, well, it's because he is losing. Therefore, he's in those positions, and it's like 
No, Stafford's a great quarterback. He's just on the worst organization in the entire NFL right now. Yeah, and yeah. I think thinking back, back. Said, I'm happy. I'm happy for him too because I mean he's three and zero in the playoffs when he's not on the Lions. Yeah, yeah. It, like this guy can win quality games that we never thought he would ever be in position to be part of. Yeah, it's it's good to see that for him. The Lions are just a mess, and it seems like they're probably going to be a mess. Yeah, Rams are an exciting football team. I, I like, um, like we said about uh, Odell and Cup, but I, I like Van Jefferson too, and I, I like Robert Woods when he comes back. Yeah, if and and even uh, Higby's pretty decent. Yeah, Higby got banged up. I'm not sure his status will be, but I, I, I he's come along nicely when Everett left. They were like splitting um, shots at tight end, but when they got rid of him and made. Uh, Higby, their guy, he, he's played at a high level as well. That's um, one thing that's nice when everybody there is contributing. It's like it, you can't just key in on one guy and everyone, you know, enjoys the it, fruits of that. The, the, they're Hollywood. It, it's specific. Their players fit what they are. They're a super team. Kind of, they're the closest thing to an NBA team. Yeah. Like in terms of superstar caliber. But it, it, it's an exciting football team. It's a team I root for. And generally, teams like that collect talent but don't build good teams yeah. this is a good a, a good, good football team and th- th- they're strong where you need to be so like they got pass rushers and donald and von miller's coming along and then jalen ramsey and coverage like they have the pieces at the most valuable position i also think something should be said for sean mcveigh for this because you see a lot of guys going to places like this and and they don't work out there's something to be said for the head coach being able to put together a game plan that works, but also being able to manage the egos in there. Yeah, he just had. It's almost like a uh, rehabilitation center for some of these older players. Like they don't practice in pads as much as the other teams do. They, I, they he has a way of finding guys that can play ball, but it's like, hey, we're not going to work you. We want you to stay fresh. You just show up for us on Sundays. Yeah, but they also, and that's like one of those dangerous things where like, let's do this. And then it breeds like the, okay, well, you get a little lax because you don't have your foot on the gas. Being able to keep that mental sharpness and like knowing when it's game day, it's time to turn it on, you know, being mm-hmm. able to do that is huge. But you also have to have veterans and you have guys like Vaughn Miller who, and Aaron Donald who just, yeah. you know, you have to follow them. You have to find the guys that are willing to still work hard and kind of naturally do it on their own in order to fit that type of play and practice, you know, yeah. throughout the week. Yeah, for sure. It's Yeah, you can't be, like, babysitting these guys. It's guys like, like Vaughn Miller. I feel like Vaughn Miller could be like, hey, I'm doing this. Everyone on the defense will follow him. Well, Aaron yeah, I, everyone's I, in. I think that's the difference between being held accountable by your teammates and being versus being held accountable by, like, coaches. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's an incredible risk to even implement that type of, you know, practice system trading away all your draft picks the way they have but hey they're they're all in to get a super bowl and i mean over the past since mcveigh's been there they've been one of the best teams in all of football yeah hey i mean if it works out i'm all about trading your 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 stuff and and you know coming out with a victory that's why you do it look at the people like the pirates who tell us they're gonna do that every year and then nothing ever comes from it so like exactly <laughs> It's nice seeing if you're gonna do it, then it needs you just need to make sure that it works when you do do it. Uh huh. Yeah, you have to know who you're getting, what you're giving up, and I mean, at this point, well, who are you gonna get with your draft picks anyway? Like you're gonna be picking late anyway. You're gonna have to pay those guys money anyway. So why not give up two of them to get a Jalen Ramsey for sure? To get a guy like Von Miller, you know. I almost wish the Steelers would trade their first picks just because of who they draft in the first round. With Jarvis <laughs> Jones and Artie Burns and uh, Ziggy Hood and, you know. I, I, I think people, you know, I know Colbert's about to call it quits. He, he's had, I, I think despite that, he's he's drafted better than almost anybody, though. I think, I think he drafts very well. I don't think he takes first picks very well. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that. Even Najee Harris, who is great. I don't like first round running backs. I would have picked an O line. I think That's he, what Creed Humphrey is doing in Kansas City. He might have the greatest like third round picks of all time, kind of thing. Like he and he, nobody can draft wide receivers. Like the Steelers know how to draft receivers and develop receivers, but there's something about like some of these guys 
like Jarvis Jones. And like, it looks like Devin Bush is going to be a miss. Yeah. 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 I, I get it. He, he does have misses in the first round. Um, but like you've said, uh, what I, I the, what's that, his name? The safety. Uh, Edmonds. Edmonds. Yeah. Like, look yeah, at he, these guys. He's a serviceable starter. He, I, yeah, I he is he, now, but is that what you expect from you? You expect your first round pick to make an impact. Not to be serviceable. I, I do remember that draft specifically, though, when they were on the clock. I was like, I don't even think there's a good player left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you remember who went, some of the picks that went that year? Off the top of my head, I can't remember what class he was. It may have been the year, I don't know, was the year Baker Mayfield went? It could have been. I don't I don't know. That, that seems roughly the, the timeline, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, my, yeah roughly around that. My favorite Steelers draft memory has to, well, Taking Ben Roethlisberger was huge, but when they drafted Santonio San Holmes, when they traded up, I remember uh, I stayed over my cousin's house, and like the Steelers weren't picking when I left my house, and I walked to Swissville to his house, and when I got there, uh, the Steelers were like currently drafting Santonio San Holmes, and it was huge. That Ohio State team was good. I think that mm. might have been the Troy Brown quarterback. <laughs> With him, yeah, and did they have I Steve Smith? Steelers don't trade up very much, but I do remember them. They've traded up to get Paul Amalu Holmes and uh, Devin Bush. <laughs> yeah, I do know those were all trade-ups. Um, obviously, the, one of them was pretty good. One's going to be a Hall of Famer, and then there's Devin Bush. I like the Devin Bush pick. He's just not. He seems like he doesn't like want to do it. It seemed like he had a lot more confidence when he was younger, but uh, oh no, I I I feel like well, it's kind of like you said these early picks they have been hit or miss, and some of the later picks have panned out. But you know, I think if you're picking twentieth overall, like the Steelers are, yeah, why not give up the twentieth best player in the draft for somebody who is you know a serviceable player, right? As long as they're like in their you know, you can't get an aging vet, but if you could get a guy, like, I think more teams just should look at what successful teams do and try to duplicate that. And I also think that the price tag on some of these trades aren't as high as you see. Like, so you get some guys for, like, there's like, oh, you know, you, you see a guy who's a pro bowler a year ago who gets traded for a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when you see that, that's generally somebody whose contract is up or somebody who... Um, you know, is at the end of their career. Like like Von Miller, they got for two second round picks, which I thought was actually kind of a good deal on Denver's part. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get that if if you're not in contention and you want to do that. But like, do the Steelers really want to want want to trade for somebody right now when they have nobody? Like you don't I think you should do that when you're like a piece or two away. When you're rebuilding, no. Take those picks. Pile those picks up. Picks in a rebuild for sure. I, I just, you know, I even as great as Najee's going to be, I, I I don't like a first-round running back. They're tough to get a second contract on. And Creed Humphrey, like, I, we're not allowed to say stuff like this, but outside of Jamar Chase, Creed Humphrey's the rookie of the year offensively. And, like, that's a guy you could have had for 12 years as your center. Yeah. You know, and I, I know Najee's going to be great, and he's going to have the fantasy numbers. We're all going to love him, but... It, yeah, it, it's it's like the value. Found... Yeah, it's uh, do you want do you want somebody great for four years or do you want somebody you know great for twelve years? Or, yeah, the Rams are in the nine, Super Bowl eight. with three different running backs. Yeah, you see, running backs are just so interchangeable, and like Najee is absolutely a beast, and he could be you know a step down from Derrick Henry. Um, he runs just as hard. He's not as big, but he also catches the ball a lot better than Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's just like it's just the value. of But we don't have an offensive line that has any push, so who cares? Mm-hmm. You just need like I, I wish like they they would understand the value of the the position better. I don't, I just feel like that was kind of a for as great as he is, kind of. I I think you got to consider all all angles. You got to the positions that win you football games are not running back, and I I think that like they miss an opportunity at. A premier lineman. So what? We'll get back to this. What are your? What's your prediction for the Super Bowl? I guess going into that right now. We'll we'll, we'll talk again before the Super Bowl happens. But going into right now, it, they right set now. the spread at four points in favor of the Bengals. So Bengals plus four. 
Okay. Um, that's kind of a big spread for the way the playoffs have been. Yeah. I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Matt Stafford at this moment, but I think the Rams are a better team overall. Um, it, it, it's tough. I'm going to take the Rams at this moment, though. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll even uh, give you the points, too, at the moment. Um, my opinion may change, but I, I think the Rams match up well since he, when you look, because the Chiefs don't have a premier pass rush the way uh, the Rams do, and I think that the offensive line play is going to be a big, big reason for that. Um, yeah. The Rams were able to shrink Tampa Bay's offense when Tristan Wirfs got injured. I think just from the overall lack of ability from since he's at O-line, Aaron Donald and Von Miller should be able to get after the quarterbacks, and I think that Jalen Ramsey is going to have to blanket Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the case. Seeing, I think Aaron Donald could be what, what makes this. You know, Joe Burrow having some consistent pressure just in his face is going to get to anybody. I mean, Joe Burrow is about the most confident second-year quarterback I've seen, but, you know, having mm-hmm. that going on. But, you know, he's gotten this far, and it seems it seems like the, the, the moment's not too big for him. Yeah, like I said, he's so, he's so hard to write off because the confidence level he plays with. Um, he can get hit and sacked nine times in a game and say, give me more, he pops right back up and makes all the throws necessary. It's going to be tough to keep him, you know, out of the end zone and off the field, but I I, I think that Burrow is less likely to turn the ball over than Stafford and make those plays, which could keep him in it. I think Mixon um, is definitely a better running back than what they have in L.A. at the moment. And um, but both receiver matchups are very good, but... I think the protection could make or break it for Cincinnati. Yeah. But like it all, well, like we always say, comes down to turnovers and stuff. We can see what happens. Ramsey, that defense, we'll see what happens. I mean, we saw at the end of the 49er game when Aaron Rodgers was in Jimmy G's face, he threw that underhand kind of toss and uh, got picked off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pressure leads to turnovers just like that. Um, I... I, I don't think the dropping eight men in coverage that the way they did against Mahomes is going to work against Cincinnati because they have to they have receivers that can get open and you know find the holes in the zones at a much um, at, at a higher level I think than uh, KC they have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey but I think what Tyler Boyd and T Higgins do is you know shouldn't go unrecognized they're too I, I when I said the Rams have the best one-two punch receiver. I think the Bengals could arguably have the best one-two-three punch. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. What would they have? You know, they're clear number one, and then they have like guys who do different things, and they're successful at what they do. Do we have any word on uh, uh, the tight end from Cincinnati? He got hurt. Who's but oh, yeah, CJ Uzama and Tyler yeah. Higby both hurt at the moment. There's um, it's kind of a wash. Based though. off of what I saw, it looked bad on both ends. I don't expect either one to play. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, both tight ends knocked out, so it's kind of even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and b- both tight ends, I think, are, you know, they contribute to their offenses, but they're neither one's good. Like, it's the, not the losing Kelsey. It's not losing a Kelsey or a Kittle. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think um, I, I, I think this game's going to come down to, you know, just, just the, the offense – who has that it factor, that spark, because both these quarterbacks have the ability to throw the ball downfield, the big play wide receivers. I think it's going to come down to the teams that can just execute that at a higher level. And I don't know. I like the way Cooper Cup has been unguardable on the deep routes and intermediate and short game. I, I just think that the Rams are going to move the ball more fluently than since you will. Fair enough. I'm, I'm really interested though, because I, I feel I just feel something special with Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and that and just I don't know there's something it he has an it factor he he, he does and um but but one thing too like I I, I want to see like I don't want to crown you know like crown him yet let's see what he can do right um, for sure and I'm just gonna say it right now like like the, the outfits he wear wears he has a bit of a swagger if he wins he comes across as Joe Namath and if he loses he comes across as 
you know, Cam Newton at the end of his career when he was dressing up and losing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's building his own legacy right now, and we'll see what route it goes. The, th- the thing with Joe Burrow, though, I almost feel like he's, like, he likes it, and he just does it because he likes the way it looks versus uh, Cam Newton, who I think is doing it for, like, the wow factor. Yeah, I feel like there's bits and pieces to all of that. That they all say that like I'm doing this because it looks cooler. There's no, I'm not saying there's nothing to it, but I do think there's a difference. I mean, he's not going out with a head wrap on, and you know, or, or like a top hat. Cam Newton looked ridiculous. Cam Newton does look more ridiculous, but it's still anyone who dresses like that. I feel like is bringing attention to themselves. Yeah, yeah all I'm I saying mean, is Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady never did it. Yeah, well, that's also what, you know, your grandfather would say. So, different <laughs> times, but we'll see. These these young whippersnappers. The, the grandfather would also say <laughs> Joe Namath was the coolest. Yeah. He'd be dressed like that. <laughs> Joe Namath was no. the coolest. Was he the best? Hell no. <laughs> no. But, but no, Burrow does give more of a Namath feel than a McMahon feel. You know, like, both of them do come across as, like, that swagger, but... I see more Namath and Burrow than like a McMahon or somebody. Yeah, I think I think Namath is well. Joe Burrow is a much better quarterback than Joe Namath ever could have imagined to be. Yeah, well, Namath is probably the most. If you look at the numbers, probably the worst quarterback in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but it, it was he was my touchdown to interception ratio right now is better than than Joe Namath's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I he, he definitely more influential than actually like good. I mean, I'm not I'm not bashing Joe Namath. I, I like I love Joe Namath. Yeah, and, Namath's one of my all time yeah. favorites. But all right, JP, <laughs> let's wrap this up here. We were gonna have some Tom Brady retirement talk, but I think maybe we'll save that for next week when we're yeah, recapping he the might Pro Bowl. Retire in an hour or so. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Anything else you want to uh, end with? Um. No, I, I do also want to actually give a big shout out to um Odell Beckham. Did you see him and Debo Samuel after the game on the NFC um title game? No, no, he he did come over. I, I when you heard uh, last year, Diggs didn't Stephon Diggs didn't leave the field. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what uh, it looked like. Debo Samuel was doing the same thing, and uh, Odell went over to talk to him, and it, it, I think it was he. I think that Debo's. This year, especially, has earned a lot of respect from a lot of guys. And uh, you know, say, say say what you want, but Odell Beckham, he's may have fallen off, but he's still a big name in the NFL, and that's a guy like if he if you can earn his respect, I think that goes a long way. And I, I think that Debo Samuel, in particularly this year, has been the most improved player in the NFL. And you know, I I just think it was you know it was pretty cool for Odell Beckham just to be like, hey, like. I know you. You're, you're you're on my radar now, and I think it's. I, I think that kid's gonna have a, a very good career, and you know, I, I think it's it's great that he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. I think Debo's great. He's probably my favorite individual player to watch right now. Um, but I, I I'm kind of with you, like how you were talking about with uh, you know, I think I know what I'm doing, kind of thing with Joe Burrow and the way he dresses and stuff. I think. I think Odell Beckham kind of knows the camera's on him mm-hmm. when he does that. I mean, like, he seems to be the guy who wants to be known as, like, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm I'm the wide receiver you should want the, the respect from, so I'll go over. Like, I, I see both sides, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but you, you didn't see him doing it to Devontae Adams or anybody else when they were beating teams like that. I, I think that. It, it was less about OBJ saying "look at me" and more just of a respect. To it was it was more like you're on the level. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. He was like he was crying. Uh, Debo was and like he just came over and like put his head on his head and had a conversation. It, it seemed genuine. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I will. I will take your word for it. I, I, I'm gonna give Odell the benefit of the doubt. I didn't like him as a person. I thought he was arrogant in New York. Then when he was in Cleveland, it was like, look, he's really not good anymore. But he's really had a rejuvenation. I think that, you know, this is a guy that's willing to work hard and sh- shut up now. And I'm, I'm going to give him a chance here. All right, then. JP, thank you for the time. Uh, everybody, please tune in the Red Report Man's podcast. We have comedian Corey Brennan coming on this week. Uh, and then we'll we'll tune in. JP will have another chat next week. We'll talk probably Tom Brady and uh, preview the Super Bowl more in depth, I guess.
and recap the dodgeball game from the the All Star game, the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they're using uh, you know be- beach balls like we would in grade school. Yeah, <laughs> if you get out and dodgeball from a beach ball, you yeah, there's something to be said. <laughs> Especially when it's getting thrown by you know Mac Jones instead of you know like a Josh Allen or whoever's going to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Mac Jones yeah. will have the <laughs> highest completion percentage, though. I think we should stick with Haskins and Rudolph at this point, since they'll probably both be under center for the AFC at some point this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. <laughs> All right, JP. Thank you for taking the time for for Sports Guy, JP. I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. Winning. 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 You play to win the game.